to today's episode of Lead This, a co-hosted interview-style podcast built for leaders and aspiring leaders who need practical help and encouragement for the challenges they face. Led by career coach Lisa Adams and Dr. Seth Stone, leadership development expert, together they bring you engaging guests and thought-provoking leadership discussions. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome, everyone. Today, we have with us Daniel Velichki as our guest. Daniel actually comes from Croatia. He's uh, he's an entrepreneur, business owner. He's a motivational speaker and coach, uh, talks to groups nationally and internationally. Um, he is a husband and a father of three, and uh, he's going to tell us more about our, his story in a minute. So uh, let's get started. Welcome, Daniel. Hey, welcome, guys. How you doing? Hey, good, Daniel. Thank you so much for being on today. Hey, can you tell our audience a little bit about uh, a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. I'm uh, I'm actually here in Virginia Beach, Virginia, on a nice uh, sunny day. So whoever's uh, up in Wisconsin, snowing, hello. But uh, <laughs> I uh, um, I own a wealth management firm, the Opus Group, um, and then my wife and I own uh, a CrossFit uh, gym, and then I own a um, an events a company that we put together a fitness festival down at the beach. And then also, um, I'm an author. I wrote my first book and then I do some speaking on the side as well. So just, uh, and just like Seth said, uh, three kids, which are awesome twins that are six, which just keep us busy. <laughs> you are a busy guy. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a, <laughs> a couple, like a serial entrepreneur, maybe. <laughs> so Daniel, yeah. You, I've gotten to know you pretty well over the last year or so, and, and you have a very unique and interesting story. So can you tell our listeners about where you're from and, and how you got here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad that you think it's it's unique and interesting. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, from Croatia, so I came over to U.S. when I was 18. I uh, got into a foreign exchange program. Um, I lived, you know, it was uh, 1995 when I came over, which is right at the end of the war. Um, in my country. So mm. we, we were in a war from 91 to 95. So, you know, growing up from 14 to 18 in a war torn country was interesting. Um, and I was a geek, I was a 4.0 in, in school. So I just thought there was something better out there in the world for me. Mm. And, uh, one of my friends, uh, did foreign exchange program two years before I did. So I learned about, about, uh, how everything works. And then, um, my parents and I sat down and decided that that's what I was going to do. So, Came to U.S., I uh, was a foreign exchange student for one year in high school. In senior year, I actually took extra classes to get a real American diploma. Then got very lucky um, to be able to attend uh, university in West Virginia and uh, graduated there. Met my wife um, back in 1998, so we've been together for a while. Um, <laughs> and in 2000, we moved to Virginia Beach, and that's where the rest of the story kind of started. Mm. Nice, nice. So interesting, so interesting. I, you know, um, so Daniel, thank you so much for sharing some of your story. And you've had to overcome a great deal of adversity, as you mentioned, being in war torn Croatia. Something that great leaders often have to do is, you know, overcome adversity in order to become great leaders. So, what have been some of the keys for you in doing that, in overcoming adversity? How did you handle being in a war torn country in high school? Every experience definitely shapes you to be who you are today. Mm. And, uh, you know, Croatia is an amazing country. It's beautiful. The people are fantastic. And um, I just, I love going back there and, and enjoying my culture. But economically, 
it just wasn't something that I was going to be able to achieve what I've achieved the United States of America because Croatia, the way it's set up and just the old way of doing business is all about who, you know, connections, bribes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we had no money. My mom was a retail worker. My dad was an auto electrician. Uh, and we knew nobody. So it was, it was one of those things where, you know, I just kind of looked at my potential in my life and went, okay, I want to be able to choose what my life is going to be because of hard work and, and habits and, and ethics and all the things that matter mm-hmm. to me rather yeah. than have to rely on somebody's good graces to put me in a position that they think I could potentially do. Mm. Um, and that's where the decision to, uh, to go to United States, the first thing that, that was the hardest probably thing that I've ever done. Uh, when I came back after a year of uh, high school, and you know, when I left, my parents said, "Listen, do whatever it takes for you to stay over there to get a good education in America. Um, we support you." And I said, "Okay, no problem." Um, you know, I, I made it happen. It was it was a crazy story, but um, found a way to stay, found a way to get my college paid for and work for it, and came back to Croatia and told my parents I was all excited, and my parents said, "Yeah, we don't want you to go." We want you to stay. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And, okay. you know, as a 18, 19 year old kid at that point, I looked at him and I said, I, I, I don't know what to do with that because since I was five, they always told me, you know, go somewhere else. You know, originally I was looking at the University of Vienna um, in, in Vienna, Austria. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best schools in Europe. And uh, just always had my sights set to that. You know, when I was six and seven, I told my uh, friends, um, that were from Australia that would come to visit their grandma every summer and I would be at my grandma's and I would tell them to speak to me in English because one day I was going to be in America. So wow. I, I always had yeah. this country in my crosshairs yeah. since I was little. Um, so I looked at my parents and I said, you know what, I have to think about this. And I went to, actually, I went to Vienna to visit a friend. Um, she had a job there. So I stayed with her for four days. I wandered the streets and thought about life and thought about what I had in front of me. And I came back to my parents and I said, listen, you know, I love you, but I just can't live with a what if. I mm. want to be able to put my life in my hands. I want to I want to explore this opportunity that I was able to, you know, fashion out of thin air. Um, and I just have to take the chance. I got to jump and see what happens. No regrets, um, right? Yeah, no regrets. It just it just was a uh, was something that I just couldn't I couldn't pass up. And it, it just it turned into obviously uh, great decision uh, that always brought a little bit of uh, pain mm. because yeah. you know I, I left my parents behind yeah um, and that's just you know that's as hard. a son in our culture you know our job is to take care of our our parents uh, mm. it was a hard thing to do sure yeah yeah that makes sense you, you one of the things that I was kind of able to pull out of that um, really fascinating to me anyway was you know what you're talking about in terms of your decisions and your, your thought processes and coming to the United States and really what you wanted for your life, it was, it was very much this balance of strategy, but Mm -hmm. the leap of faith that you also mentioned too. I mean, that's a hard thing to, to balance and manage. How did you, how do you feel like you were able to do that successfully? Um, (laughs) I wish I could say it was strategic, but it was more than likely just lucky. Okay. Um, and and just I mean you know, like you said, you know me for a little bit. I'm I'm very passionate. I'm very I'm very driven in in anything that I want to achieve. So whatever goal was in front of me, 
I, I just had to figure out a way to get it done. And once I put a goal in front of me, it's very hard to to kind of stray me away from it. So yeah. even in that situation, for from very early times, the goal was always to to take advantage of you know my good graces of having my mom's smarts uh, and my dad's heart, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know take advantage of, of what I've been given by by God and and uh, be able to use it and make myself a better life. And I just didn't see that Croatia economically was a place for me to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we live in the best country in the world. There, there's nothing like America and nothing that you can make happen. So I just True. came here and pursued my American dream. So that, I mean, yeah. now that's, that's so refreshing to hear because I mean, when you look, mm-hmm. you read the newspaper articles, you, you turn on the TV and, and, Americans who are born here that that really just take this for granted will totally. tell you that the the um, the idea of the American dream is gone. But you've proved that that's clearly not the case. Do you tell us more? Yeah, tell us more about that. Like, I mean, from 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 your outside perspective. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I I just wrote a an outline for my second book, and it's called "Is the American Dream Still Alive?" Mm. Uh, oh, because great. I I uh, you know in in my in my business, I talk to people every day, um, all day long. And, and so much more now I hear skepticism in people's lives that they can actually live their life to the fullest and, and that they can enjoy everything they ever worked for. They feel like things are getting taken away or things are not sure, or that is this Mm -hmm. still the best place? And, you know, it's, it's almost a little frustrating for me because I look at him and I'm like, go somewhere else for a week. And then come back and kiss the ground you walk true. on. Yeah, because it's, it's you know the the car that you drive, the house that you live in, the all the freedoms and all the things that you take for granted that that most people would would sacrifice their left arm for, mm. and and people just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot that do. I'm lucky enough to live in an, in a community that is filled with amazing military people, veterans, and and uh, active duty. You know those people, they 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 give their lives for what this country stands for, mm-hmm. and having having that also gives me the hope that there's so many young people that understand it and that they will stand up for this country no matter what. Um, but then there's the other side, you know, that the people that will rather complain than get up off their butt and actually do something. That's so true. It's so true. We're yeah. both nodding our heads here in agreement. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a really good perspective to, to, you know, remind ourselves of, because especially as you, you know, when you're running three companies and, you know, you got yes. so much going on, it's, it's easy to just kind of forget about the little things that we take for granted well, the, every day. You know, the, the biggest thing that I'll tell you is people ask me constantly, like, how do you do what you do? Because it's, I mean, in my industry alone, 11% of the, the people that get in actually stay. And then about 10% of total production people in the country actually do the numbers or close to what I do. So it's, it's high activity, high follow-up, high service, you know, yeah. hug kind of thing. Right. And they do it in, in working crazy hours. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I look at it and, and they go, okay, how, how are you able to run? Are you fit? How are you able to, to do such a good job with CrossFit Chesapeake? And my wife, you know, I have an amazing wife. She runs CrossFit Chesapeake, and she's fantastic support to everything I do. Um, 
and then you know the book that that took a lot of time and then you know yeah. having a, a father who passed away two years ago and being in the middle of that and then last year you know i went to croatia five times because my mom ended up in the hospital but i still produced a very, very high level i still am putting a company up you know from ground up i still i'm you know we're able to put together a fantastic festival and still we're able to do motivational speaking and book but my attitude is always as long as you stick to the calendar you you push yourself i i always look at it i'm like i've been given the second chance of life there's so many people mm-hmm. in my country and around the world that don't have what i was able to get and earn i earned it there's no doubt nobody gave me anything mm-hmm. but it would almost be it's it's if I don't do the best that I possibly can, I'll be feeling like I'm letting a lot of people down that helped me along the way. Mm. Uh, so anything gotcha. else is just an excuse. Right. It's just, if, if you think of something, you can make it happen. And if you just figure out how you put those steps in place, then everything just starts moving in the right direction. True. And all you have point. to do is just keep it going. And, and the biggest thing is find people that are great characters, that are great additions to your skill set, that can make things happen. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that I constantly see right, um, with people that I'm working with and business owners that I know, every, they, they think they got to do everything themselves. Right. You know, it, it's just, I, I, I really pride myself in going, I don't know everything. I can't do everything. Who can I meet? How can I find the person that makes me better? And that two now equals three or four, instead of just me saying, hey, I know everything. I'm great. I'm fantastic. It just can't happen. That's such a good point. That's what really, that, I mean, that's where you see the best leaders and the most successful people is the people who say, I don't even, I, I know I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I don't even right. want to be the smartest guy in the room. That's not the point, but I, I need to surround myself with people who have complementary skill sets so that we can, to your point, Dana, we can make two seem like four or five, six. Um, you know, it's that, it's that multiplier effect in, in terms of, you know, being able to produce, like you said. So that's, that's really yeah. good. That's really good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let's pivot a little bit. You you talked, um, you know, we talked through adversity and, and you know, kind of your outlook on things in, in terms of, you know, how that mindset. experience shaped you. Yeah. And your, and your, and your mindset. Mm. But since we're on a leadership podcast, I got to ask the question, um, what are some of the leadership characteristics you think that adversity helps develop in a positive way? Leadership characteristic. Um, so <laughs> It doesn't always have to be a person that's, you know, all over the place like me. But uh, one of the things that I've learned and I constantly, um, you know, I read a bunch. I, I, I find, you know, I find solitude and, and kind of escape in a, in a book. But one thing that I've always recognized and it's helped me immensely in, in all the you know, ups and downs of entrepreneurship and personal life is being able to compartmentalize, being able to think of a problem, break it down into, into actionable steps. And then it's not a problem anymore. Then it's just a solution and, and, you know, forward moment. That's such a huge deal because, you know, life just by itself can be so overwhelmingly vast and large. And if you think about it as that big existence, it, it will make you feel small and it will make you feel paralyzed. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the oldest saying, how do you eat an elephant? one bite at a time. <laughs> right. You have to think about whatever you're doing is just that bite. You compartmentalize it, you focus on whatever the piece of the information, the puzzle, the, the problem you're dealing with, shut everything off, close the door, 
write down a big how on a piece of paper and your mind is a, is a solution-based organ. It will figure, it will just start thinking to, to fix things. So whatever you're dealing with, just, just whiteboard the problem, write down how right underneath it, and then just close your eyes and think through it. And you'll be amazed at how fast you can come with solutions, action steps, and people that can make that problem go away faster. And it's, you know, between all the things that I do, it would be almost impossible for me to think of them as one. I have to think, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very regimented. You said, know that, like, you know, when I was yeah. writing the book between one and three o'clock on every Monday, I would sit down and write and talk to my uh, friend who helped me write it, Derek. And we would, that was our time for, you know, nine months. And then on Fridays, me and Ellen would work on Are You Fit between, you know, nine and 11. Mm-hmm. And then whatever else at nighttime. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are my Opus Group times when I'm seeing clients taking care of them, you know, from 10 to 12. On Monday, I meet with my staff and make sure that the week is ready. On Friday, from, from about, you know, nine to 10 before Ellen would show up, I would meet with the staff, make sure that everything's taken care of, of things that, that you know, happened this week. And then it's just, it's ability to really think about one thing at a time, one problem, one issue, one solution, one business, whatever it is, because otherwise you will never move. It will be so overwhelmingly huge. Paralyzed. It will will just put you in a position where you can't, you you won't know what to do. That's Mm -hmm. a great, that's that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, you know, Daniel, how how I like how you say that is your schedule too, is really looking at your schedule and front and farming up, uh, creating a good consistent schedule that you can live by week to week, month to month, and you know what to expect. Your teams know what to expect. Your partners know what to expect. Your wife knows how, where you guys are going to be. And, um, and it builds a routine and some consistency and, um, and that allows you to not be overwhelmed. Right. Well, also, Absolutely. So yesterday I was talking to an entrepreneur who was supposed to have lunch. I texted him, hey, I might be two minutes late. I hate being late. And he texted me, he's like, oh, I'm still in my office. Where are you? I'm like, I'm driving. So I got off, went to his office. And he's just frazzled. And you know, he's late for my appointment. He wouldn't have showed up. He's late for a lady that's already waiting for him. He's late for something else. And I said, the, the problem with that situation is that you're be- being disrespectful for everybody. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you consistently push yourself in a position where you are disrespecting everybody else's time because you don't respect your time. Exactly. The number one thing you can do is look at yourself in a mirror and go, I'm going to take care of myself first. It's, it's just like, you know, I joke with people all the time. When you're in the airplane and they talk to you about the safety precaution, you know, if something happens, the mask comes down, you put the mask on your face first, then you put the mask on your child or husband or whoever it is. You have to be able to know yourself. You have to be able to know your restrictions and limitations and then schedule accordingly. Mm-hmm. Because if you know that you need an hour to talk to the problem, then schedule one fifteen. That way you have time to go to the bathroom and you have time right. not to be late if something else goes on. You first have to realize that if you tell people this is going to be an hour meeting and you're coming up to 55 minutes, you have to look at them and go, we have five more minutes. If we go over, I really, you know, I have another appointment. I don't want to be disrespectful to them just as I don't want to be disrespectful to you. You have to tell those things. Otherwise, everything will spill out of control, which makes you not be able to be 100% yourself and you spin out of control. 
everybody knows how anxious everybody get when you're running late. Oh, it's awful. Absolutely. Well, it's awful. Point you, made so that, you can't be a hundred percent. Yeah. Right. No, the point you made too about Very true. being realistic about your schedule, oh, right? Absolutely. I mean, how many people do we run into Buffer. where they're not only, you know, back to back to back to back to back, but sometimes they're double and triple booked. And, oh, and I mean, insane. it's, um, you know, to your point, Daniel, setting that realistic schedule is huge. Yeah. And Daniel, you, you've mentioned, you know, the schedule, taking care of yourself. What, what else would you say have been your keys to success and, and maybe, you know, what might be some most, some important advice you would have for aspiring entrepreneurs? You know, I, I, um, I have, I always look at my life in, in different moments of things that I've discovered. Um, number one, um, I was bullied in at elementary school for multiple years. And then, um, I had a friend who boxed at the time. He was a little bit older and I started boxing and then ended up, um, getting in a fight with the bully that was bullying me, beating the crap out of him. And then everything changed. Nobody ever touched me again. Nobody talked bad about me. And I looked at myself and I was like, okay, I can change my own destiny. I can change Mm -hmm. my own reality just by taking something in my own hands and deciding to deal with it differently. I'm not saying that's, you know, the, the physical thing obviously was not the right potentially way to do it, but bullies only respond to strength. Mm-hmm. I had to be stronger. Um, the second time, uh, thing that happened also, it was, it didn't, it didn't, uh, didn't hurt that, you know, when you box and you get the six pack and all that stuff. So then I was going to high school and it was great, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <Love> it. <laughs> right. uh, it had, it had side effects that I didn't think about. Um, but, uh, then the second, yeah, then the second thing, you know, it, it, one of the things I, I managed many people in my life and one of the biggest things that I realized, um, when, when you talk to people, you go, Hey, we have our meeting at, at one o'clock, you know, make sure you're being your schedule or, you know, projects, whatever advancement is. And, and they always answer, okay, yes, I'll get that for you. And let me tell you, and I, I'll circle back to that statement. So in, elementary school we have we have a uh, our elementary school in croatia goes from first to eighth grade and then you actually have to apply to high school if you get into a high school then it's you know four years of high school and then you go to college so i went to high school for tourism and hotel management which in croatia was the number one school hardest to get in and again i was i was always a 4.0 student no problem at all and uh in Croatia, they can orally examine you at any point in the middle of the class. So they can just look at you and go, Lisa, stand up, ask you three, four questions, and give you a grade that carries just as much weight as a written test. Wow. So about a month and a half into school, I'll never forget this, freshman year, I, uh, a professor out of information technology looks at me and goes, Daniel, uh, Velichki, stand up. I was like, oh boy. Didn't study because my name was V. They usually would never turn to V until like halfway through the year. Uh, <laughs> Surprise. And it was just a bad day. I didn't know anything. Got in my first F. And I came home scared because, you know, my mom was a very good student. My dad, well, my dad flunked fifth grade. I actually came home and told him and he hugged me. It was like, yes, you are my son after all. <laughs> <laughs> You're but, human. Uh, right, right. And, uh, but my mom was the disciplinary uh, person in our in our home. So she came home for work and I was really scared of her. And uh, and I said, Mom, I got some bad news. I got a neff. And I was bracing myself for, you know, a wooden spoon to come out just like it always did. Um, and she looks at me. She's like, OK. And I, I looked at her. I was like, what, what do you mean, Mom? What do you mean, OK? She said, Daniel, you're in high school now. You're, you're 14, 15 years old. You own your own life from this point on. 
me and my, your dad have our jobs, have our cars, have the apartment. We live our lives. And hopefully up to this point, we taught you enough that you can now fly on your own. But if you want to be a CEO of a company or if you want to be a trash truck driver, I'm going to love you and your dad's going to love you. It doesn't impact mine and your dad's life whatsoever. It only impacts yours. So whether you get an A or whether you get an F, it's your life. Manage it however you wish, but I will always have your back no matter what happens. Mm. And, you know, it's just this, this gets me a little bit emotional because the reason I am today exactly the way I am is because of that one comment. I look at my mom and, and I really, for the first time, I realized that it's my life. It's not about doing something for me when, when I'm asking my, my employees to come and be ready. It's for them. It doesn't change my life. It changes their lives. Mm. When I'm talking to you know, people when I'm speaking, I'm not speaking for me. I'm speaking for them. And so many times people forget that their life is in their own hands. Their actions will promote and make their life better if they do the right actions. Absolutely. Everybody has the same decision every morning. You get up and go get it done or you don't. Mm-hmm. And no matter what it is, you have to be 100%. You have to be passionate. That one thing has has changed my life forever. Your mom is a wise woman. That is yeah. amazing advice. I love it. I love it. As a mom of teenagers, I think I may use that. <laughs> yeah. That was that was excellent. Thank you so much. What a great story. What a great Absolutely. story. So Daniel, we're coming up on the end of our time. And we've got three questions that we ask all of our guests. And you actually kind of addressed one of them already yeah, um, about a life experience that defines who you are today. And and that statement that your mom said to you at that age has clearly stuck. And you've taught it to so many other people, which is so fantastic. Thank you. But one other question I have for you is, you know, as as a high energy leader with so many things going on, um, and you said put yourself first, you do CrossFit, what are some things that recharge you, that keep you going, keep your energy going, keep your head clear so that you can move forward and do all the things that you do? Um, you know, it's, it's funny. The, the, I always tell my wife, the, peaceful, the most peaceful I ever feel anywhere from a standpoint of recharge and everything is obviously going back to Croatia, going to my uh, hill house that's peaceful and, you know, no running water. It's just, it's, it's an amazing place on top of a hill overlooking a valley and a mountain. Um, that's, that's like the biggest, um, the second thing that I can, that I can say is, and I can, I probably will, will be speaking for many entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurship is lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's very, um, hard because you can't really tell, you know, my, my wife and I have a very different relationship. She's been with me since we were in college and I was waiting tables. So she's seen the progression and, you know, we joke all the time uh, when, whenever we're doing anything new, I'm like, what's the worst case scenario? Like, are we going to be okay? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's then do it. Can we live with the, what if, what's the worst case? Um, because so many people are scared of risk. I, 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 I see risk as a different thing, but, uh, so her and I talk a lot, but still there are things that I can't tell her. My employees are yes people. I can't tell to them and, and, and vent to them. Yeah. My friends, some of them you know, are physicians and everything. They're not entrepreneurs. They don't understand cash flow and investments and, and mm-hmm. you know, 
debt and, and, and growth and all those things. So, you know, being a part of something where, or having mentors or people that you can talk to is such a huge deal that that's like the biggest stress relief that I can imagine. I'm, I'm lucky enough. I, I learned about this organization called uh, EO Entrepreneurs Organization, and it's a it's a nation. Uh, it's a, a global organization. You have to be a a, a business owner, founder, uh, over a million dollars of revenue, and then you apply. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you're in forum with. Uh, I'm in a forum with six other gentlemen um, that are just same as me, business owners, different businesses, but we talk and are able to say anything, no matter what it is complete this, uh, you know, uh, non-disclosure agreement. But I can tell you that monthly meeting, we sit there for four hours and talk about stuff. is such a huge relief to be able to go, okay, people get me and Mm -hmm. they are, they are smart. They're, they're active. They're just as passionate as I am. And they'll give me the right feedback uh, without having to sugarcoat anything. And they'll, they really have my best interest in mind. Um, it, it is, it is hard to be an entrepreneur. It is mm. very lonely. So finding people that can be a part of your life and sharing everything is is so huge. That is huge. That's great. That's oh, great wisdom right there. So great advice. Yeah. So our last question is, if you were to tell a younger you one piece of leadership or career advice, what would it be? You know, I, I uh, Seth told me about this question, and, and it's funny. I, I don't want to sound... Well, it doesn't matter. I somehow from from a young age, I was very aware of of my difference from a lot of people. <laughs> um, and and I can tell you that a lot of entrepreneurs, and you probably guys know, you, they they just feel different. They mm-hmm. feel weird. They feel um, might not be understood, or or you know their ambitions or, or something might scare other people uh, because they don't understand that 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 drive. Um, so you know, younger me was driven younger me was was aiming at at the stars already um and and i'm still aiming for the stars you know only thing i would tell him is it's gonna work out you know just keep moving forward talk to everybody share everything because you never know who you're going to come across that's going to get you to that next level that's going to get you to the leap of faith to to look at you and go okay this is somebody i'm i'm worth investing time in and they're going to do something with it um so just it's it's really a just do what you're doing because i think i think that young man is is a i'm proud of him Ah, that's good that's good stuff awesome advice awesome we got some really good takeaways today so daniel thank you for your time just uh really good practical reminders of not taking things for granted and even down to our scheduling and and how we really how we manage ourselves how we how we lead ourselves and and you know how we view others uh in Mm. that as well so some really really awesome stuff Mm. so daniel thank you for your time uh we will have your uh contact information up on our website when uh you're at uh, leadthis.us for folks to check out and uh, thanks again for coming on the show i really appreciate it guys thank you so much thank you daniel yep have a great day We want to connect with you. Check out leadthis.us where you can see previous episodes, get a preview of what's coming, plus access some helpful resources. You can email us at connect at leadthis.us with your questions, comments, or even topics you'd like to see us address in future episodes. Finally, remember to follow us on Twitter at leadthispodcast. Thanks, and we'll talk to you again soon.